A few months ago, we started working our way through the Beatitudes. In these kingdom attitudes, Jesus tells us what is required of those who wish to enter his kingdom and to live in his kingdom. So let me briefly recap what the first four Beatitudes tell us about the kingdom of God. Only those who are poor in spirit and recognize their spiritual poverty enter the kingdom. Only those who mourn over their sin enter the kingdom. Only those who have a spirit of meekness enter the kingdom. And only those who hunger and thirst after righteousness enter the kingdom. But it's crucial to remember that these Beatitudes are also about living kingdom lives. If you are part of Christ's kingdom, you'll continue to be poor in spirit. You'll continue to mourn over the grief that your sin and also the sin of the world causes God. And you'll continue to live a life characterized by meekness and gentleness and a hungering and a thirsting for righteousness. These are the kingdom attitudes that we find in in verses 1 to 6. And in verses 7 to 10, Jesus then goes on to show us how we are to live out these attitudes. The things that these verses speak about are signs of the fruit of the first four Beatitudes. They are reflections of the fundamental values of Christian character. Jesus tells us that if you are in his kingdom, your life will reflect and must reflect mercy, pureness of heart, an attitude of peacemaking, a willingness to be persecuted because you want to live with righteousness. And today we're going to look at just the first of of these attitudes, the attitudes of being merciful. Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So what does it mean then to be merciful? The theme of mercy is woven throughout scripture. The Bible is absolutely chockers with with examples of, of mercy, mostly about the mercy of God. Now, his mercy is so vast, it is is indescribable. But when it gets to describing human mercy, we can describe at least a few of its components. And we're going to look at some of those this morning. Mercy has to do with love, with generosity, with forgiveness, and with compassion. But none of these things mean anything if they just remain feelings at its core. At its very core, mercy has to do with action. It cannot and must not remain just a feeling. That feeling of compassion and forgiveness and generosity has to result in in doing something. It has to result in ministering to someone. Being merciful means walking with someone, helping someone, supporting him or her, carrying them, even if the people that you are ministering to are the very ones who have hurt you. Yes, even then, even then, we are called to be merciful. But where does this ministry of mercy come from? It comes from Christ living in you. It comes from the fact that Christ has taken up residence in your heart. 
And because it comes from Christ being in you, it can never be an onerous or a, or a difficult task. For he says, his yoke is light, soft, his burden is light. If you want to boil it down into one, one sentence, you could say that mercy is about ministering empathy and it comes from Christ being in you. So what does this ministering empathy look like in practice? The first thing that we can say is that it has to do with compassion in action. Mercy is compassion in action. Now please don't think that mercy is about being soft or easy on sin. It's also not just about a feeling. Yes, it has to originate from a transformed heart, but it has to do with action. It's also not just a once-off thing. It's not just a once-off thing or of a merciful impulse that you have. Being merciful has to do with who you are, with what you are. It has to do with the way of life. So what does a merciful way of life look like? Let's take a step back and look at what, what, it, meant like in, what it meant in the New Testament times. In New Testament Greek, that word that we have as mercy tells us that being merciful is about giving help to the wretched and the miserable, the really down and out. That's the original meaning of this word mercy. So being merciful has to do with acting in a compassionate way to people who are down and out, miserable, um, wretched, who are in need, whatever that need may be. And it's not just feeling compassion towards them, it's not just feeling sorry for them, but actually extending out a hand of help. As one writer puts it, mercy exists when something is done to alleviate distress. Mercy exists when something is done to alleviate distress. In other words, mercy is about compassion in action. We see that in the parable of the Good Samaritan that we read earlier. There's this fellow lying on the side of the road. He's robbed, he's beaten, senseless. Priest goes by. He doesn't want to get involved. The Levite also turns a blind eye to the man's plight. These two paragons of virtue see the need. They see the misery and the wretchedness in which this person finds himself. What do they do? They look. They walk on. Like, like the songs by Bert Bacharach and, and Nico Collins says, they just walk on by and look the other way. No compassion. No mercy. In contrast with their non-action, the Samaritan, this, this man from that despised nation, he goes over and he cares for him. Mercy binds up the man's wounds. Mercy anoints him. Mercy relieves his suffering. Mercy provides the care that he needs. And by turning away from this person in need, that Levite and that priest, proved that they were not merciful. They proved that they did not love their neighbour as themselves. As a matter of fact, they showed, their non-action showed that they themselves were lost. In contrast, in contrast, through his action of mercy, the Samaritan proved his love for his neighbour, didn't he? Mercy 
is about compassion in action, even to those who hate you, even to those who have hurt you. It's about compassion in action. It's about loving our neighbours like ourselves. Listen again to the words of Jesus. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbour to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you, go and do likewise. Jesus' half-brother James also talks about compassion in action when he says, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you, one of you says to him, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? True mercy demands action. Mercy is love in action, it's compassion in action. The way in which we show mercy towards others shows our desire, our desire to obey the law of the king. It also shows a heart that's been made right by the work of God's grace. So people of God, how does this pan out in our lives? How do we put this in action? I'll tell you a brief parable. A widow with a couple of young children was finding life, well, she was finding life quite tough. The only way she could make ends meet was to sell the eggs that the uh, three chickens lay every day. One night a fox got into the chicken coop and killed all her, all her chickens. Her neighbours heard about this and they stopped by to express their sympathy. But a young man who passed by on the way to the coffee shop knew that more was required than just words. He came into the yard where the sympathisers were gathered, he took off his beanie and he said to them, I'm sorry, five dollars. How much are you sorry? And he passed, he put his five dollars into his beanie and he passed the beanie around to collect money for that lady. Brothers and sisters, mercy. Mercy is love with hands attached to it. It's about compassion in action. Being merciful means giving graciously and generously. Yes, even, even when you know that your own plans may be disrupted, even if you know you're not going to be able to buy that cup of coffee that you were going to buy, even when you know that the recipient of your generosity may take advantage of you, those who have truly experienced God's mercy will want to show mercy to others and they will do so without, without seeking their own interest, their own benefit. Merciful also, being merciful also means being kind in judging others. Sadly, all too often we're very quick to judge, aren't we? I remember reading about the, the 19th century pastor who was on his way to, to a meeting. He wanted to make a good impression, so he, he stopped to have his shoes shined. That's in the days when they still had shoe shine people on the, on the street corners. He looked down and he, he saw that his shoes were, were looking worse than before. 
So he spoke very harshly to the young boy who was trying to, sh to shine his shoes. And with tears streaming down his face, the little fellow looked up and said, Mister, I'm so sorry. My mom died this morning and I'm trying to earn some money to buy flowers to put on her coffin. The preacher saw that it was the boy's tears falling on his shoes that made it impossible for him to shine his shoes. All condemnation died in his heart as he, as he realised how, how miserably he had failed in his ministry of caring, his ministry of kindness. How often does that happen in our lives too? Quick to judge and slow to be kind. Mercy is about ministering empathy. And we do that because, not because we want to get into the kingdom, but because Christ is in us. Christ lives in us. Mercy, compassion and kindness mean a big fat zero if it doesn't come from a heart in which Christ lives. If you're merciful to the poor because you want to feel good rather than doing it in gratitude for what Christ has done, it means nothing. you're putting your five dollars in that beanie that's being passed around to be seen rather than out of a deep and abiding love for your neighbor then it's useless it's useless yes it will alleviate that person's need but it won't be living out christ's kingdom commandment so how do we respond in our lives to the mercy that god has shown us is it with the inaction of the Pharisee or the Levites? Or is it with the active compassion of the young man or the compassion of the Good Samaritan? Is it with the action of the harsh pastor? Or is it with the mercy that Jesus showed to the adulterous woman who was about to be stoned? How does it flow out in your life? And in mine. In addition to being about compassion in action, mercy is also about forgiveness in action. God, who is rich in mercy, has made us alive. Because of the forgiveness that, that flows from the fountain of his mercy, we have been redeemed. We've tasted God's forgiveness because of the death on the cross of the only sinless man to have ever lived and beloved in Christ. If we've experienced the forgiveness of sin that flows from that, that fountain of God's mercy, how, how can we not live that out in our lives too? Commentator John Stott puts it this way, nothing, nothing moves us to forgive like the knowledge that we ourselves have been forgiven. Nothing proves more clearly that we have been forgiven than our own readiness to forgive. There's a beautiful illustration of merciful forgiveness in the story of Joseph. When he was a young man, his brothers wanted to kill him. The only thing that stopped them was that they saw an approaching caravan 
and decided to make some money, rather make some money by selling him into slavery. But some years later, those tables were turned. The brothers were bowing before him in Egypt. He had them at his mercy. He could have taken vengeance upon them there and then. But what did he do? He went off, he wept for them, and then he came back and he forgave them. There was compassion as he, as he wept for his brothers. And there was forgiveness as he wiped clean the slate of their actions. Remember what he said to them. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people should live. This is the type of merciful forgiveness in action that Jesus showed when he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Brothers and sisters, merciful people. Merciful people remember their own sin. They remember God's mercy to them. They understand the weakness of others and they forgive. They don't claim to have forgiven, but then keep on dragging up the others, other person's faults and errors and sins. No, the truly merciful person forgives without reservation, without holding back. The story is told of the renowned pastor W.E. Sangster who was busy writing out Christmas cards. Someone saw him addressing a card to a certain person and he exclaimed, Surely you're not sending a card to him. Sangster started responding, Why not? The person answered, But do you remember 18 months ago? And then, dot, dot, dot. And Sangster remembered that that person had publicly said some very nasty things about him. But he remembered also that he, at the time, had resolved not only to forgive, but to, with God's help, to forget. And here he was, sending Christmas cards to the man who had slandered him publicly. He'd put away the things that the man had said against him. He'd actually forgotten that the man had said those things about him. That is forgiveness in action. Is this the type of forgiveness in action that's in, that's in evidence in your life, in mine? Or do we claim to forgive, but privately we hold on to those, those grudges with a, a vice-like grip? When someone hurt you, do you hold that against them? Do you keep holding that against them? Weeks, months, years, decades later. Is it a question of you forgiving but not forgetting? That's not forgiveness in action. That's not mercy. That's not what God wants of us. We must forget as well as forgive just as our merciful God no longer remembers our sins because of Jesus. Because of, the, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, God forgets our sins. He says, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. 
Because of his great mercy, God has not only forgiven your sin, my sin, but he also forgets about it. If we've been so mercifully forgiven, how, how can we not be merciful? How can we not want to put that mercy and that merciful forgiveness into action? But let's be real about this too. We are not perfect, are we? Often we will not forgive perfectly. But beloved in Christ, if we've tasted of that fountain of mercy and forgiveness, then you and I have to strive with everything that we are to be forgiving people. And we have to keep praying for the Lord's help in putting that mercy and that forgiveness into action. In our own strength, we just cannot do that, can we? We are not perfect. Be honest with yourself. How would you respond if you were Joseph and your brothers were in front of you? How do we respond when others hurt us? What does that forgiveness look like in your life? If your brother or sister does something to you or against you, do you respond in mercy, knowing that in Christ you have received the greatest gift of mercy? If your fiancé leaves you standing at the altar, your spouse breaks your marriage vows, how do you respond? Knowing that in Christ God has forgiven your sin and that in Christ he does not remember your sin, are you ready and willing to respond with a type of forgiveness that also forgets with the grace of God, asking for God's help to allow you to do that, to enable you to do that? <coughs> May our gracious and merciful God bless us all with the grace and the, the courage and the, the strength be the merciful people that he wants us to be. What about the second part of the Beatitude, that part about the reward of mercy? What about the they shall receive mercy part of the Beatitude? What does Jesus mean when he says those who are merciful shall receive mercy? Now some believe that Jesus is talking here about receiving a reward being merciful. That's one of the main teachings of the Roman Catholic Church. But this is completely at odds with what Scripture teaches. We do not earn entrance into the kingdom by showing mercy towards others. It's not by works of mercy that we save, but by grace through faith. So this can't then be about merit by works of mercy. It's being saved by works of mercy. What Jesus is saying here is that being merciful is evidence of having received mercy. Showing mercy is evidence that because of the richness of God's mercy, we have been saved. Those who are God's children have received mercy. We have received that mercy already. And because of that, we should be merciful too. We are supposed to be merciful. Children of God will live out the mercy that they themselves have received. 
That's something that they'll be doing already here in this life. But there's something more to it than just that. As big as that is, there's something more to it. We are living in the here and now. But there's a future that's yet to come. And that future is a blessed one for those who are merciful. In the fullness of time, they will receive even more mercy. In human terms, we can perhaps think about it this way. We get an undeserved deposit of mercy when God brings us to faith in Christ. Because we've been brought into the faith of Christ, in the light of Christ, we will want to live lives of mercy. So being merciful is evidence of the mercy we've received. And when Christ returns, those who belong to him will experience the fullness of God's mercy. That's what this reward of mercy is about. It's not about receiving a reward for being merciful, that reward being salvation. That's not what it's about at all. It's not about gaining merit at all. It is about receiving the fullness of God's mercy in the fullness of time. Friends, God's word is clear. It's clear that he expects his people to be merciful. The prophet Micah puts it, we must act justly and love mercy. If we belong to Christ, we must be merciful. We can be merciful. We will be merciful, however imperfect that may be because of our sin. If our lives are typically unmerciful, that has to mean that we are outside of grace. If that's a characteristic of our lives, that we are unmerciful, if that is what we are like as people, it has to mean that we are outside of grace. If we do not show mercy, it paints a very dark picture of our relationship with God. So if we turn the spotlight, that searching spotlight of this beatitude onto our lives, onto the stage of our spiritual lives, what do we see? What do we see? Do we see a picture of compassion in action? Do we see kindness in action? How about forgiveness in action? Dearest brothers and sisters in Christ, how are we, how are you and I ministering the mercy that we have received, the mercy that results from Christ being in us? Jesus says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Let's pray. Help us, O Lord, that our eyes may be merciful so that we may never judge on appearances but look for what is beautiful in our neighbours' souls. Let our ears be merciful, O Lord, so that we may give heed to our neighbours' calls of need and not be deaf to them. Let our tongues be merciful, Father, so that we can have a word of comfort and forgiveness for all. Let our hands be merciful, Father, 
and be filled with good deeds. Let our feet be merciful so that we may hurry to assist our neighbour. Now, Lord, help us that our hearts may be merciful so that we may feel all the suffering of our neighbours. And, Father, help us. Help us to lock ourselves up and to keep ourselves in the, in the most merciful heart of Jesus so that we may show forth that mercy to all those to whom we can be neighbours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.